Have you heard of Bitcoin? Um, yes, I have. Have you heard of blockchain? Sorry, what was that? Blockchain technology? Blockchain? No, that, that I haven't heard of. Alessandra. Alessandra, have you ever heard of Bitcoin? Yeah. Have you ever heard of blockchain? No. My name's Kirsten. What's your name? Sam. Sam, have you heard of Bitcoin? Yeah. I've... And have you heard of blockchain? Pardon? Blockchain? Uh, no. I'm Kirsten, and I'm talking to Tina. Tina, have you ever heard of Bitcoin? Yes. Have you ever heard of blockchain? Have you ever heard of blockchain? Have you ever heard of blockchain? Blockchain. No, I have not. Blockchain? Blockchain, no. 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 No, I haven't. Hi, my name is Kirsten Jowett. I'm a proof of location specialist, and I'm your host for Lay of the Land. This is a special introductory podcast to share with you how I got here, what I'm doing here, and why I'm making this podcast for you. I started the podcast with a survey of the general population at a train station in our town because I wanted to get a lay of the land, if you will, a reading of what our world is thinking about blockchain technology. I asked people first if they'd heard of Bitcoin, and most of them had. I was surprised. I didn't really realize it was that popular, but I guess it has had a lot of hype lately. So almost everyone had heard of it. And then I asked if they'd heard of blockchain technology, and incredibly, almost no one had. Two out of the 20 people I surveyed had heard of it, but only one could tell me anything about it, and he was a professor on his way to the university, so maybe not the most accurate representation of the general population, but I was really interested to know what the general population knew about this field I work in, and is it relevant to them? Do they think about it? Does it have any effect on their daily lives or the decisions that they make? And the results were resounding no, absolutely not. Zilch, nothing, no. So that in itself was interesting to me. I was surprised. I thought blockchain technology had piggybacked a bit better on Bitcoin, but it hasn't, and maybe it never will. But that doesn't mean it won't have an impact on people's lives. In fact, it already is having a great impact on our daily life. And in this podcast, we'll discover how, why, and what influence we ourselves might be able to have during this early stage of a nascent technology. And then I'll tell you a little bit about what you can expect in the coming episodes of Lay of the Land as we discuss Proof of Location. Proof of Location is the certainty we have about where something is. Specifically, I'm interested in how we prove in a digital world where something is in the real physical world. Our world is becoming more digital all the time. And because of that, it's becoming increasingly important to have the very best possible representation of the location of physical things in our new digital world. I don't want to guess where things are, money, businesses, and even lives will be at stake in the near future with things like autonomous driving vehicles, for example, but that's just one small example. And we'll explore many examples in this podcast, including agriculture, supply chain, humanitarian aid, insurance, travel, gaming, Blockchain touches all those things and more. That's just the start. Because it's important to be able to prove in all these industries as much as possible where things are. I like to describe proof of location as a mirror. 
Our digital world is mirroring our physical world. And what I'm trying to do with proof of location is build a better, more accurate mirror. One that is based less on guesses and a foggy, vague sense of where something probably is and based more on proof. But there are vulnerabilities and pitfalls with this pursuit as well. I also want to explore those. In fact, I may be even a little more interested in those problems because they intrigue me. So instead of just going on this journey of discovery by myself, I thought I would log my conversations with professionals. The questions that I have, I will raise with them. And those might be relevant to some of the questions you have as well. And their answers are certainly going to shed light on a lot of different areas that most of us have never thought about. That's why I'm making this podcast. So you can come on the journey of discovery about proof of location with me. Now, how did I even get here? Well, it started in 2007 when I founded my own design, manufacturing, and distribution business. I became the world leader in sandwich cutters. I know that is such a funny thing to be the world leader in, but if you've got the internet, you can find your market. And if you're in a tiny field like sandwich cutters, it's not that hard to be at the front of the field because there weren't many of us. Before long, I had a warehouse in the U.S. and I expanded to having a warehouse in the U.K. and a warehouse in Australia. I manufactured my products in Ningbo, China, and I had distributors in 17 other countries. And as you can imagine, I had to change currency a lot. So my warehouse in the U.K. had to be paid in GBP, Great British Pounds. My warehouse in the U.S. in U.S. dollars. I had to get paid in Australian dollars. And my manufacturer wanted to be paid in U.S. dollars as well. So I was changing currency a lot. This is a thing they call international remittance. And that involves a lot of banks, a lot of time, and a lot of money. And I read about Bitcoin in the news. I read that there was this digital global currency that would allow you to send payments instantly anywhere in the world, 24 hours a day. And I thought, wow, that is fantastic. That would solve a lot of problems for me. But it wasn't ready. Bitcoin at the time wasn't ready. It was operating what was being used in the dark web for, I think, um, a, a, a website called Silk Road, which sold... Um, drugs, I think, illicit drugs. I didn't know how to get Bitcoin. I didn't know how to store it. I didn't know I didn't know where you get it. I don't know how you give it to people. I, I didn't know anything. So that wasn't really going to work. But I was intrigued, nevertheless, the fact that somebody had figured out how we could have global digital currency. That's brilliant. So I watched it, kept it on the back burner, read what I could when I could about it. And then I read that blockchain technology, which is the software that cryptocurrency like Bitcoin runs on, could help with supply chain visibility issues. I thought, are you kidding me? <laughs> this little solution has all my answers. Well, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. We still don't know. It's still in the experimental phase, but it sure is interesting. It was so interesting, in fact, that in April 2016, I sold my business and went into researching blockchain technology and cryptocurrencies full-time. So for a year, I just read and studied, and I went to a hackathon, and I tried to work with the technology and see if I could learn how it operated and what it was good for and what it wasn't good for. And it was a really educational year. 
And at the end of it, I wrote a book called Cryptocurrency for Skeptics, the best kind of digital currency pupil. And that book is available on Amazon. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But I think it's really important to hold your skepticism, even when you become more knowledgeable about something. So an intelligent skepticism is highly valuable, highly sought after, in my opinion. I think an ignorant skepticism is not very useful and a blind belief in something isn't very useful either. So I try to strike this balance. And I hope that's what this podcast does as well. I hope it helps helps both of us discover more things about the interaction between blockchain technology and proof of location, and just generally can help answer a lot of questions that I have niggling in my mind and you may have as well. Once the book was published, I was tapped on the shoulder by RMIT, which stands for Royal Melbourne Institute of Technology, to be a mentor in their blockchain business strategy course. It is the first blockchain course to be offered by a university in Australia, and it's really well made. I have to say, I didn't make it. It was made by Stone and Chalk and Accenture in combination with RMIT online, and they did a brilliant job. So I highly recommend that course if you are at all interested in a blockchain strategy. A lot of corporates send their clients to the course, it's an eight-week course. It's entirely online, so you can do it at your own pace. There's webinars and one-on-one um, one-on-one time with the mentor, and your peers help you a lot. So there's a little advertisement for RMIT. If you're interested in that kind of thing, I would check it out. It's a great environment to be supported by your peers, and they just do a really good job. So I've been working with RMIT as a mentor since February of this year, 2018, and I just got the new batch of students, 26 it is this time, 26 new students just started four days ago for the last eight-week course of the year. By the end of this this course, I will have ushered about 70 blockchain concepts, blockchain business strategies, through from the initial idea to a proof of concept. And that's been a great experience for me because I see how blockchain touches all these different industries and what the real use case is and what doesn't work and what it's not good for, which is just as valuable as finding out what it is good for. Simultaneously, I've been working with a startup called Flight Plan, theflightplan.io. I will put a link to their website in the show notes as well. And I'll tell you what they do, but I'll have to explain it a little bit because it'll sound like gobbledygook. So the flight plan offers rapid prototyping on the Ethereum blockchain. (laughs) That probably meant nothing to you, but what it means is the flight plan has designed away all the techie stuff and just lets you get on with your business strategy and you can iterate so you can make trials, trial runs of your strategy on the Ethereum blockchain without having to learn how to code and having all those technical difficulties as well as your business difficulties. So a few of my students are exploring the next phase, which is launching their blockchain business strategy onto the Ethereum blockchain, which is one of the two big blockchains. There's the Bitcoin blockchain and the Ethereum blockchain. Oh, I should just mention while we're here that this isn't a 101 blockchain course. I do those. I do teach blockchain 101, which is either in an hour course or in a day-long workshop, but this podcast isn't specifically designed for that. Please feel free to reach out to me if you'd like me to come talk to your organization for an hour or a half a day or a day. I love doing that. It's a lot of fun. I have a lot of props and we make it really interactive and it's gamified. So we play games to learn how to do it. It's a lot of fun. 
But this is a little bit more advanced. This podcast is a little bit more advanced than that. There's also a plethora of resources on the internet to help you understand what blockchain and cryptocurrencies are. But in this podcast, as we're working on a slightly higher level, I'll be talking with geographic information scientists, computer scientists, sensor scientists, blockchain protocol developers, radio network providers, companies in the business of logistics and supply chain, blockchain and economic experts, and hopefully some individuals from NGOs to talk about humanitarian aid and what blockchain and proof of location can do for them. So that's what we will be exploring and discovering together. In each episode, I will interview a different professional whose work touches proof of location. I'll try to keep each episode to about 30 minutes. There's a lot of information to absorb. If there's anyone you particularly want to hear from, please let me know. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for being here. Harry. Have you ever heard of Bitcoin? No. Have you ever heard of blockchain? No. Okay, thank you. Thank you. This podcast is not financial advice. You should consider seeking independent legal, financial, taxation, and other advice to check how this podcast relates to your unique circumstances. The makers of this podcast are not liable for any loss caused, whether due to negligence or otherwise arising from the use of or reliance on the information provided directly or indirectly in this podcast. The mention of any company, currency, exchange, or person is not an endorsement of that entity. How's that, Michael? Michael's my lawyer. He wrote that. See you next time on Lay of the Land.